This episode of the Knicks Film School Podcast is brought to you by our new sponsor, Oakley. When you wear Oakley, there really is more than meets the eye. Don't trust me? Try it for yourself. I've worn a lot of sunglass brands in my life, and I can assure you that Oakley is not just the best looking, but the best quality out there. Head on over to oakley.com for more information today. Robert Cross, Robert Cross, Robert Cross is more than meets the eye too. It's actually, it's actually all that meets the eye, or I guess maybe he's, he doesn't meet the eye at all because he's not real. He's just an AI, but, uh, he's all that meets the AI is there. It is. Ah, Well, that's the one, uh, from Robert Cross. This is for the legend of GMAC. Any truth to the rumor that the KFS crew will do the cha-cha-cha at your wedding for an Oakley spot? Hashtag 53 wins. <laughs> uh, I guess you'll just have to find out whenever that happens, Robert. Whenever my wedding occurs uh, and you you find out whoever from the KFS crew attends uh, and what they dance to at, at said wedding, Robert. That's, that's and, all. Go ahead. Ro- Robert, I can, I can tell you that I do know that about halfway through Andrew's vows, he is going to do a manscaped read. <laughs> it's going to be great. Oh, man. Uh, the, the I, vow, <laughs> I vow to always trim my deep balls at 40%. Yes. <laughs> Good Lord. We're off the rails officially, friend. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> All right. From Frank Sound. Uh, tipping in euros. We've gone international. Uh, Grimes is always the one fans forget about. It's crazy. In my opinion, he's a damn good young player. How do the Knicks view him? Your opinion. I enjoy your work. Well, thank you, Frank. I appreciate that. Uh, I agree with you. I think he's a damn good young player as well. And I think the Knicks agree that he's a damn good young player. Uh, Tibbs is a huge Grimes guy, huge Grimes supporter. The thing with the Knicks that's always a little difficult to figure out is they have so many voices in their front office and there's always such a fine line between collaboration and just kind of like opinion overload. And I think at times there is opinion overload in that front office. Um, And so it's sometimes a little bit difficult to figure out like, okay, this person believes this, this person wants this to happen. And I know that for sure. And this person's important. And I know another person who's important also wants the same thing. But does that most organizations, that means the Knicks want that? Does that mean that the, the most organizations, that means the team wants that? Does that mean the Knicks want that? Or is there somebody who's slightly more important who actually doesn't? Or is there somebody who's less important but has Dolan's ear more who doesn't want it? It's a very convoluted process trying to figure stuff out with the organization. But what I can say is that the front office people are are generally uh, – I don't think there's a person in that organization who doesn't think Grimes is going to be a really good complementary player. Uh, and I think there are some people who might be a little higher than others. Uh, but I don't think there's anyone in that organization who's like out on him. Whereas with RJ, for example, I think there are some people who who think very highly of his prospects. And then it's kind of like, you know what it is in the fan base too. And then there's some people who just like 
see the inefficiency and see the, you know, the problems finishing around the rim, the problems with the jump shot, the, you know, the, the inconsistent ability to, to find the right pass and that kind of stuff. Although he was much better in the playoffs with that. And they worry, uh, with Grimes, I can say I, Tibbs is huge on Grimes. Tibbs, if he wasn't the principal reason they drafted Grimes, he was damn close to it. I'll tell you that much. He was pushing Grimes hard in the draft process. He wanted Grimes really bad. Same thing with Miles McBride. So Tibbs, Tibbs loves Grimes. Huge on Grimes. From Alex Goldberg, are there any teams in the league interested in Julius? Yeah, probably. I mean, I don't think the Knicks are trying to trade him, but. Yeah, there are probably teams that would take Julius. This isn't last summer, you know? This isn't last summer when he was coming off of that disastrous season and the extension was about to kick in. Like, he's coming off an all-NBA season. And I get it. I saw the playoffs too. I did. But he's coming off an all-NBA season for the second time in three years. There are very few players who can say that they've done that in their career. Uh, He's still 28 years old. I, yes, there are teams that would be interested in Julius. Now, are there teams that would be interested in Julius for in a way that it would help the Knicks and the Knicks would be interested in trading him? I think that's a little more complicated because I don't see the Knicks trading Randall unless it's a way to make them like definitively better. That's the only way I see it. Like if like, there's some superstar who's available and instead of trying to pair him with Randall, they think it's, you know, a bad fit with Randall or something like that, but this guy's just a massive superstar. And so they try to include him in the trade. You know, maybe that's one of the rare scenarios where they do it, but I don't see them actively trying to trade Randall and and I can't really envision a realistic trade that could come their way that isn't a massive superstar one in which they would actually have the desire to trade him uh, because he is important for them. And he was great during the regular season uh, in, in spite of his flaws, in spite of the defensive stuff, in spite of the playoffs, like the contract is reasonable too. Like it is. I mean, he's, he's 28 million next year. Like that's, that's fine. It's totally fine. The cap's going to be $132 million. Like that's, it's way less than what a max would be. It, it's crazy that 28 million is fine. I still haven't wrapped my head around that, but it is. It, it, that's totally fine for a guy of his caliber. So yeah, teams will be interested. From Ryan Huang. Love your work, Fred. Thank you, Ryan. Did you know that Mariah Mills has more Zion tweets, 205 plus, than Zion has played games in the NBA, 114. Anyways, who will be the Knicks' top five players at the end of next season? I, I did not know that. It's a great stat. I don't really know what it means, but it's a wonderful stat, and I'm happy that somebody took the time to figure that out and count it up. Top five players for the Knicks at the end of next season. I mean, Andrew, come on over. What's up? Let's talk through this. Let's do it. I think Jalen Brunson. Like this is a good. This is a good talk through moment. Let's do it. Jalen Brunson's yeah. your easy number one. Jalen Brunson's your easy number one. I think Julius will still be there. So Julius. Um, the question is: Will quickly be there? Will RJ be there? Will Josh Hart be there? Uh, 
I mean, Mitch was one of their five most important players this year. And I think he'll be there. So I'm going to say Mitch. And then the question is, who's still there? Uh, I think Grimes is bound for like a real leap. Like, I'm not saying like, like a Desmond Bain leap, Mm -hmm. but I think Grimes is bound for this dude can give you 28 minutes every night and his defense hits another level and he's really good against small guards. And he's, I I just, I'm just waiting for that dude to shoot 40 from three. Like I'm Mm -hmm. just waiting on it. Uh, I think he's a really quick decision maker. I just, I, I'm going to put Grimes in there. Um, And then it kind of comes down to quickly or Josh Hart or player X or RJ. Oh, or RJ. Jesus, or RJ. Dean Wade strikes again. I'm going to say for the sake of this question, because it's so boring to say five guys who are on the team right now. Mm. I'm going to say the number five. Tell me if this is a cop-out. If it's a cop-out, I'll go with another answer. Mm-hmm. Five is whoever, like, I, I, they're going to trade. I shouldn't say it's so definitively because I'm on a podcast, but pretty realistic chance they trade at least one of RJ, quickly, OB, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say number five is whoever they get back in that deal. Who? I have to say who? Cop-out. Uh, I can't let you just say player X. You got to say a name. OG Ananobi. Okay. Now everyone's going to be like, Frank Johnson, they're getting OG Ananobi. Because you did. No, I didn't. Okay. I'm actually no, going to skip down to a question. I'm not. To I be apologize, clear, wait, Chad. wait ahead, just to be clear, because aggregators exist, I, I have zero sources saying the Knicks are getting OG Ananobi. But I do know for sure that they were very interested in OG Ananobi uh, leading into this past trade deadline. How interesting. That they're very. Very. There were Very. there were calls. There were calls. There were discussions. There were Dang. there were I don't know. It depends on how you define offer. You know, it's it's always murky. But there were there were discussions. There were there were pieces that would be going to Toronto discussed and OG that would be going to New York discussed. But I don't think it was ever like close because Toronto Toronto just didn't want to trade him. But but now he's expiring. And with the news of today. You know, he got rid of, he left Clutch because he was with Omar Wilkes previously with Clutch and Omar Wilkes left Clutch and, and, and OG left Clutch and announced today that he signed with CAA. The mind can only wander. So I have um, zero sources, to be clear, that say the Knicks are trying to trade for OG. But look, they can make a compelling offer, honestly, for Ananobi. That includes zero players. They could do Fournier and a bunch of draft picks. You think salaries Toronto were, would just go for the straight salary sw- salary dump? It depends on the direction Toronto wants to go in. Uh, you know, if Toronto is trading, I mean, you could also do it for RJ. The money works on RJ. That's one thing that hmm. teams are going to have to be really careful about is you can now hard cap yourself with a trade. And I haven't seen anyone talk about this. But you can hard cap yourself with a trade now. And okay, because the way 
the way it's phrased is if you're over the first apron, you can only match up to 110% on trades, right? Okay. Yeah. So that means if you do a trade with salary matching, that's over 110%, then you can't go over the first apron. Right. The inverse is true too. So you're hard capped at the first apron. If you make a trade with just like normal salary matching. So you basically have to take back less salary or barely more salary or identical money. So if I'm a team like the Knicks and I really don't want to be hard capped, I would, whatever trades that I'm making this summer, I just, unless of course you're using the MLE and you're going to hard cap yourself anyway. If I'm the Knicks, I was going to write a little thing on this for, I'm putting out a uh, free agent, free agency preview at some point tomorrow. And I'm going to have a little something on this in there. If you're the Knicks. Yeah, if I'm if I'm the Knicks, unless of course they just use the MLE, because if they use the non-taxpayer MLE, they're hard capped anyway. I'm I'm like fine. I'm just not taking in more than 100, percent 110 percent on trades this summer. Like I'm just finding ways not to do it because I don't want to be hard capped. What I don't want is to be like four million dollars below the hard cap, and then Joel Embiid becomes available. And he's like, I only want to go to New York. And, you know, taking him in would add $5 million. So you can't trade for Joel Embiid with the deal that both teams want to do. So now the Knicks have to add more salary to the deal. And the only way to make it work is like, you have to put Grimes in. He's the only player that makes sense financially. Mm-hmm. And now you're just like either letting the deal die or you're trading Embiid or, or you're letting a deal die because you, hard capped yourself or you're um you know throwing in a young player who you don't want to trade but you have to for financial reasons you know for over 30 years the law offices of weiss and rosenblum in new york city has been home to a team of award-winning hard-hitting injury attorneys who have a long track record of seven-figure results whether you've been injured in a car accident fall construction accident or other traumatic event weiss and rosenblum will work tirelessly to maximize the award, regardless of the severity of your injury, and get you and your family the fair and just compensation you deserve. Call Weiss and Rosenblum today at 212-366-6100. Again, that's 212-366-6100. Or visit weissandrosenblum.com for more information. No case is too big or too small. Personal attention to your matter is a priority. Once more, call 212 212- 366-6100. Previous results do not guarantee future outcomes. If you think you might have a case, speak with a veteran attorney, not a rookie. And now, a quick break to tell you about our new sponsor, Bird Dogs. Do you want a pair of shorts that aren't just comfortable but make you look good? Well, Bird Dogs has just what you need. Their stretch khakis are designed to fit slimmer, giving you a truly sculpted look. Bird Dog shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but fit way better. That's because they aren't like regular shorts, which are made of a stiff, restricting cotton. Instead, they invented a cloud knit fabric that looks just like khakis, but stretches. Now, you get a way slimmer 
fit without having to sacrifice movement. Bird dogs also use anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all summer long. So I'll ask again, want to look good while being comfortable? Don't hesitate. Head to birddogs.com to check out their full catalog of shorts, pants, and so much more. You can also use the promo code POOL to receive a free Yeti-style tumbler with your first order. Again, that's birddogs.com. That's bird, B-I-R-D, dogs, D-O-G-S, dot com, and promo code POOL, P-O-O-L, to receive a free Yeti-style tumbler with your first order. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. I'm going to add a question in just because Jason M asked, uh, it's later on, but he did ask CAA versus Clutch, uh, OG Ananobi Levine, any insights? Um, I guess as a, as part of the question, um, the the discussions that were had between the Knicks and Toronto um, was a Canadian legend potentially uh, in for the Canadian national team as an RJ Barrett. Um, was he mentioned in these talks? Do you have any insight there? Um, I can't say definitively that he wasn't. Okay. But every single proposal that I heard did not involve him. Okay. It was, it was really just like pick laden stuff. So it was like, it was we'll, like, Fournier, we'll give you a Fournier, ton of picks. Fournier-ish in picks. Like it wasn't, okay. it wasn't anyone from the rotation. So that's, yeah. that's, that's what you're saying is that it's like the guys we benched plus picks is what we'd offer for Ananobi. And if Toronto it was, was something willing like to that. tear it down like that, they, they might've jumped at it. Somehow. Right. Right. But Toronto ended up going the other direction, right? Like they ended up trading for Yaka Pertle. Right. And they traded and they traded a draft pick and protected it top six for a few years. So like, we'll see what they do. I think a lot of people in the league are waiting to see what Toronto does. I mean, one, one big thing there is like Pascal Siakam's coming up soon also, but it sounds like Siakam really wants to resign. He loves it there. It sounds like, so what are they going to decide to do with Siakam? Do they just want to hold on to him? Do they think even though he wants to resign, it's best for the organization to break it down? You know, I don't know what Toronto is going to decide to do. Well, I mean, how they handle the Fred Van Vliet free agency situation will be a little bit of a tell, I guess, if they like pay Fred Van Vliet tons of money or something like that. It's, it's a little bit of a tell, but, you know, I don't think they're going to like pay Fred Van Vliet a ton of money and then trade OG Ananobi unless they're getting back somebody who they think is really good. So we'll see. Uh, from okay. Jason M, CAA versus Clutch, OG Ananobi, Levine, any insights? Uh, so, yeah, so Ananobi, we discussed. Levine, I assume this is a um, reference to Steph, you know, Stephen Bondi's report that Levine's reps don't want him with the Knicks. Uh, yeah, I have some insights. Uh, I'll say that the CAA clutch thing has been a thing for a, for a little while. Like Leon Rose used to rep LeBron, right? And then LeBron left and went to clutch. And that was, that was totally a thing. Um, and so it, it, it's not even just like Knicks versus CAA. I think I, I saw the Bondi report come out and I think the first place that people's mind go is, Oh, the Knicks didn't play cam reddish. And so clutch was pissed. Uh, and I, I don't think it's that shallow. I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't think Clutch was happy about that. 
But the guy who was Cam Reddish's agent at the time, Omar Wilkes, who I mentioned earlier, who was, you know, kind of their top agent and repped a ton of big time guys, like he's not even at clutch anymore. So I think it goes a lot deeper than that. And quite frankly, one thing that I can say, and I've written about this, is, is that because the Knicks are so tied into CAA, you know, Leon Rose came from CAA. Worldwide West came from CAA. Isaiah Hardenstein switched representations in the middle of a season with the Clippers, then goes to the Knicks, right? Jalen Brunson has all the ties, goes to the Knicks. Tibbs is CAA, and the Knicks don't even really have a coaching search, right? It's just like you're going in getting Tibbs. A number of other guys on the roster, CAA. Um, Josh Hart is CAA. Julius Randle is CAA. Uh, all the guys who they've kind of targeted is like, oh, these could be the stars, whether it's that they go get, whether it's uh, Donovan Mitchell or Cat or Devin Booker, all the names you hear, like those are, those are the CAA names. And I will say that there are definitely agents in existence. And I'm, I, I'm not saying this about Clutch specifically because um, I don't need to out any particular person about it. But it's it just, just relevant to this topic. Like there are agents in existence who worry about their clients going to the Knicks because they're worried that them going to the Knicks is going to kind of be a death sentence for their relationship with that client. That client is, is either A, not going to get the favor uh, that he would get with the organization if he were a CAA guy, uh, or B, which is kind of tied to A, He's going to worry that that guy is that client is going to leave him and go sign with CAA once he's with the Knicks. Um, I don't know if that's. I mean, I understand why agents think that way. I think there are certain times where they're being a little bit sensationalist, but it's unquestionably a thing that there are. It's not like one agent has told me that. I've had a number of agents tell me that stuff that they feel like they kind of have to be looking over their shoulder when they're with the next because the next tie-ins with CAA are 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 greater than the you know most organizations tie-ins with a particular with a particular agency. From Sam Garcia's dad. Here's Sam Garcia's dad. I've been waiting for a Sam Garcia family member to weigh in. Uh, what's the better move for the Knicks? Trade for Dean Wade or Cheddar Ass Man? Seriously, do you think the Knicks trade for a star this summer? If so, who? Well, first of all, first of all, it's Dean Wade. Like, come on, the guy does everything. And secondly, it's hard to say if I think they're going to. I think here's what I know, and here's what they have certainly signaled to teams that are out there. They have signaled to teams that are out there that if like a dude becomes available, they're going to be really aggressive. And the impression that I've got is like, that's for real. Like if, if a real dude becomes available, they're on it. I don't think they thought Bradley Beal was that real dude. They were interested. They made it clear leading up to his availability that they were interested. They'd consider it. Um, ultimately, they decided not to do it. I think it was the right decision. Uh, also, 
wasn't really their choice. Like he wasn't on the Beal list. He wasn't, he wasn't one of the teams. Uh, and, and ultimately the Beal list really just became one team because he wanted to go to Phoenix and that's where he went and he had no trade clause. So that's all that mattered. Um, I will say, um, if someone becomes available, I think will be one of the most aggressive, if not the most aggressive teams out there. I honestly am not sure who the guy is. Andrew, should we just reel some should we just reel some off? Like like I Paul George. I I, I so I, I wrote this week. I screw Paul George's injury history. Paul George would be great. Mm-hmm. He'd be great for them. He'd be awesome for them. He is the perfect basketball fit. Basketball fit. Yes. Perfect. Yes. In every way on both sides of the floor. He's the perfect personality too, by the way. And he likes Tibbs mm-hmm. and he's like, he, he, he knows Tibbs from team USA and he likes Tibbs the podcast. He did with Julie is fully uh, Fully emphasize that they. Yeah, he, I mean, I covered. There would be covered, no issue with the head coach already. Yeah, I covered Paul in in, OKC, in Oklahoma City. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hardworking dude does not play with any ego. Would not care less about having it be Jalen Brunson's team. Uh, moves off the ball in every way you would want, and he does it improvisationally, not just off of set plays. I think he would add a ton of movement to their offense. He's great running off of pin downs. He's great at back cutting when somebody falls asleep. He's, he's great at running around a pin down, getting trapped off the pin down, and then back cutting the track trap and getting a layup or a dunk out of it. Um, he moves beautifully. He is an elite three-point shooter. Can I ask a follow-up? Do you think the Knicks, yep. if he were, if like in this scenario where they do make a Paul George trade, do you think they would load manage? Um, the way it seems he's been needed to, load managed over his first couple of years. Now, I don't know if there, there's some chicanery with the Clippers, but I don't think there's 75 Paul George games available next season. Do you think they would, like, I know it's against Tibbs' religion, but they would load manage him to an extent, which if you keep your assets or keep some of your depth, that opens playing time for like quickly to get 25 starts as a result. You better. You think like, they should, like, but I just, I'm. Yeah. they've been a team that doesn't, so... Yeah, but they've also been a team that has a reputation for having a really good medical staff. Uh, people around the league always speak so highly of their medical staff. They don't do it, but they've also been like one of the healthiest teams in the league mm-hmm. for a long time. Uh, so, so I, I, I would, I would have faith they would handle that situation well. Um, yeah, PG doesn't really play defensively. By the way, dudes phenomenal guarding off the ball. He walls off the entire weak side of the court. Um, He is incredible at helping into the lane and recovering back out on shooters, like amazing at it. Like, like one of the three or four best wings in the league at it. And that is such an important skill in a tips defense when you're guarding the weak side corner, three point shooter, and you just have to take away the paint first and still be able to close out on that shooter. It's so important. And he is unfreaking believable at it. He's very good at guarding the ball. He can guard smalls. He can guard bigs. He can guard big wings. He can guard small wings. He is, he's a great secondary ball handler. He doesn't play with an ego. Like he's hyper efficient. Like I just, I just think 
I think Paul George is awesome. The Paul George fit is is obvious. It's the it's, I just think Paul George is just a phenomenal a player. Yeah. Yeah. But like there are going to be concerns with anyone. Like that's why they're being traded. You know, like there are going to be concerns with basically anyone. Um, it's just like even Zach Levine played 77 games last year. I know he he had had. A no, I don't mean health but, concerns. I mean, concerns. But that's, that's the thing, though. The Paul George concern is an availability concern. I know that. But what I'm saying is you can get the perfect basketball fit. And if you get the one time where he's just healthy for the spring, if he's just healthy for the spring, like okay. you are in the conversation, you know, like if you get Zach Levine, you've got basketball concerns, right? Now it's right. like he could be healthy all you want, but you're not in the conversation, you know, yeah. like, like there's a scenario where Paul George plays 52 games in the regular season, but he comes back in the middle of March and he's good to go. And you can go on this awesome playoff run. Yeah, it's with the Kawhi Toronto, player. the the Kawhi Toronto path where exactly you, you you not say screw the regular season, but you you more so prioritize it, which hopefully yeah you'll be able to do. You know, yeah, totally. So like I'm, I don't know. I, I think Paul George is awesome, but I I I also don't think Paul George is going to get traded. Okay, I, I really I really don't. So I don't think it's going to be Paul George. I think it's probably not going to be Cat. Um, I think it's too soon for Embiid. I think it's too soon for Doncic. Um, Levine, if you consider him a star, I don't think they're going to shoot their wad on Levine. And then we'll make make this a quicker answer. But do you have a Dame take? I, I think we're all. I have a Dame take. Die, but I have a ahead. Dame take. Go ahead. The Dame to the Knicks stuff is insane. I've I I don't see a fit with the Knicks. I, do you think he gets traded at all? Oh, maybe he'll get traded, but I don't think okay. it'll be the Knicks. I imagine it'll be Miami or Brooklyn if he gets traded. Okay, that's that's the market that what the the national conversation has seemed to dictate to. Um, okay, I want you to brace yourself. This yeah. happens. I mean, like is my internet th- crapping out? By the way, no, you're fine. For you for a second. No, you're fine. I'm apologies. Okay, uh, great. My no, I think showing up choppy, but. I think I think the Dame stuff to the Knicks is like did I feel like Knicks fans have been so um conditioned to be like the team's bad if you can get a superstar go get a superstar it's like no they're good now they're good right. start acting like a good team don't forget just because you see the big shiny name that you have Jalen freaking Brunson that dude's awesome. You want to talk about like, basketball fit that doesn't exist? If, or, or, or questions exactly. the basketball fit. It's Dame next to next to Jalen Brunson. If Dame and CJ McCollum was not working for you, I don't think Dame and Jalen Brunson is working for you. Just, and if you're trading for Dame just so you can trade away Jalen Brunson, to me, that's at best like a lot to give up for a relatively marginal upgrade. And, and I honestly think there's a world. Dame is coming up on his age 33, 34, 35 seasons. I really think there's a world where Jalen Brunson in his age 27, 28, 29 season is better on the aggregate than Dame in his age 33, 34, 35 seasons. Even though I think of Dame as a player, the same thing that everybody else does. Like would have been, you know, should, should have been if he played more than 58 games with Blazers hadn't shut him down, should have been, you know, first or second team all NBA last year. 
just last thing on Dame, because um, you included him in your 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 trade proposal ideas when you uh, poached yeah. questions. Well, they Twitter. weren't my ideas, but like you answered when people sent in trade uh, proposals to you, and you answered them in a in a recent mailbag from Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, did you get a lot of mailbag questions for, about Dame? Or was there a lot of trade proposals? I don't, I don't know. I got I got 171 trade proposals. Okay. I should know um, if, because you said Knicks fans. Yeah. I actually think the majority of the Knicks fans I've interacted with have been like, we're good. Like the basketball. Maybe I'm just judging, there. judging off of my insane friend Raph. Oh. Who keeps wanting them to get every Hi Raph, who's by the way. <laughs> who's 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 definitely gonna listen to this because he's obsessed with your podcast. Thank and, you, Raph. And um, is I, the only um, other one I've heard is Stephen A. Smith, and I we don't associate with him. So <laughs> just throwing that out there. And uh and keeps suggesting to me that they get every small point guard on the market. And I'm like, Raph, stop, 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 stop. It's just the like, opposite of Mike Woodson, where normally like the Knicks are the lead, the East is big. Like, no, now we're going, we're going to all right. small in our life. I'm like normally. Know? Normally you're you're such a homer. Like be a homer. Mm-hmm. Jalen Brunson's awesome. Start acting like Jalen Brunson's awesome. You can be a homer on this one. Why are you finally when you have an opportunity to be one not being one? So maybe I'm just reacting to Raf. Maybe that's all it is. Shout out to Fred's friend Raf. Hey, what's up? Jonathan Macri here with our good friends at Oakley to tell you why Julius Randle's All-NBA season was more than meets the eye. In scoring over 1,900 points this season, Randle moved into 20th place on the franchise's all-time scoring list. He also averaged just over 25 points a night, becoming the seventh Nick ever to do so. Finally, he became just the 57th player ever to top 57 points. How's that for some symmetry? Yes, we're disappointed by his playoff performance, but even so, this season from Julius Randle gave us more than meets the eye. What's up, Knicks fans? Express your style and build a look that's made just for you. Oakley's changing the game, and it's time to discover a whole new world of possibilities. Do you run, golf, train, or just want to look like your favorite athlete? Then you need to get yourself a pair of Oakley's today. Suited for everyday eyewear with frames and lenses allowing for an extension of self and an expression of your personality, with Oakley, there's more than meets the eye. Here at Knicks Film School, our motto is look good, play good, and that's why Oakley is the perfect partner for us. Not a one of us leaves the house in the morning without our Oakleys. And listen up, because it's officially almost summer, which means you need to upgrade your sunglass game now. Check out Oakley.com to get yourself a pair today. Also, did you know that Oakley even offers prism lens technology? Now, I know what you're thinking. GMAC, what the hell is that? Well, it's a technology solely used by Oakley and available for everyday settings as well. Want to know more? Head on over to Oakley.com and check it out for yourself. And while you're there, get yourself a pair of everyday glasses. That'll be sure to change your look for the better. When you wear Oakley, there really is more than meets the eye. Don't trust me. Try it for yourself. I've worn a lot of sunglass brands in my life, and I can assure you that Oakley is not only the best looking, but the best quality out there. Head on over to Oakley.com for more information today. So I've been bracing you for a very generous super chat. And this happens every now and then, but we just want to specifically say thank you to Dom Cappuccini. Go ahead, Fred. Oh, wow. It's very generous Uh, from Dom Cappuccini. Hey, Fred, thanks for taking over for John while he's asked Gavin. What is your read on the DiVincenzo possibility? And if it happens, do you agree with John's domino trade theory pre or post DVT signing to make sense of roster construction? 
Um, what was John's? Uh, so I got to be uh, totally transparent. Apparently, John had a theory today on the KFS uh, lunch break that he hosted. Um, APJP uh, produced it because I'm in in uh, the midst of wedding planning, as Robert Cross mentioned. So I have not listened to it. So if you just want to say your thought that basically a domino effect will happen, that if the Knicks, um, and the Knicks to the Knicks, I, I think what I gather from my conversations with John is that if the Knicks are interested in DiVincenzo, it's mostly the domino effect of the reason they will be is because they will have consolidated first and then signed. Him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, I, I, if that's what it is, then yes, I agree. I think that's what it is. And I kind of touched on this earlier where if and when Josh Hart comes back, whether it's when he picks up his player option or because he resigns in free agency, which it wouldn't surprise me if that was a really quick, a quick resigning if he declines the player option tomorrow, they're going to have all nine guys who were in their rotation under contract. And you can't just bring in a guy for the mid-level who would command 20 plus minutes a night and inject him into that lineup without him taking minutes from somebody else. Uh, I don't see a world where he just takes all of Obi's minutes and Obi just sits on the bench getting DNPs. That would make no sense. Uh, I think it's in the cards for them to just like trade Obi into space or into a trade exception for a, for a draft pick. I think that's, that wouldn't shock me if something like that happened. Uh, I think there could be a trade where maybe they use Fournier's expiring to acquire somebody. And in that trade, they include another rotation guy and they give out, you know, $6 million more than they're taking back in the deal, you know? And then that's, that's how they, they let up some money and they let up some minutes, but, but I agree. I mean, the thing that I wonder about DiVincenzo, I never really watched the Knicks this year. And, and to be clear, I think DiVincenzo is a good player. He had a really good year for golden state last year, especially second half of the season. He caught fire with his jumper shot 40 from three on the year. He's, he plays really hard defensively. He's has a ton of energy. He's good in passing lanes. Like he's, he's good. He's a good player. He's a good role player and he deserves a good portion of the mid-level exception. That's what his market should be. I just never watched the Knicks last year and thought, hmm, if only they had one more six foot four guard. I just, I, I just, if the move is dump Obi into space for a pick to clear up minutes and sign DiVincenzo, first of all, that's only freeing up like 15, 16 minutes if you're dumping Obi. He's taking more minutes from someone, whether that's Grimes, whether that's Quickly, whether that's Barrett. It's taking minutes from somebody. And you kind of just have a roster of a ton of guards and a ton of bigs without like these, the without really any like hyper athletic wings at all. And that was what I watched last year. And I was like, they could really use a hyper athletic wing. And I know those guys are hard to find, but to me, part of their problem defensively was that they didn't have any, all of their best perimeter defenders were six, four or smaller or six, five or smaller. Like it was Josh Hart. It was Emmanuel quickly. It was miles McBride. It was Quentin Grimes. They're all six, five or smart, all smaller. And so if you're going up against the big wing, they just didn't have like they had guys who could do it. 
you know, they would put Grimes on Pascal Siakam and they would put heart on anybody, but they're just not going to have that guy uh, who's the ideal sort of guy. And I always thought someone who would be the ideal sort of guy would be that, but like that guy's also not really out there. I mean, Tory Craig is the closest thing to them. Uh, but I, I, I would guess that Tory Craig is going to go back to Phoenix uh, because I think Phoenix is smart. They'll intentionally overpay Tory Craig, uh, which is an insane that the NBA is going to work like that. But they would be advantaged by intentionally overpay, tra- overpaying Tory Craig because they essentially can't trade him if they don't. Uh, so I, 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 I guess that's how you end up with DiVincenzo, but quite honestly, if I'm the Knicks, I'm, I'm not trying to hard cap myself this summer. I'm not, especially when like the CBA just came out today. It's 700, it's 676 pages and teams have 48 hours to learn it. And like, they got a little, you know, every time I tweet out or something that they haven't gotten the CBA yet, people hit me up and they're like, you know, people tweet at me and 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 say things like, oh, you know, they must be getting keyed in on stuff as it goes along. And they weren't. People who work in salary cap management were losing their minds. They've been so stressed out. Like the yeah, I spoke to multiple people who who work in salary cap management for teams today and different teams, and everyone's just losing their minds. Um I would not hamstring myself. I would not be hard capping myself. And, and if you give out the MLE, you're hard capping yourself. And I would rather, if I were the Knicks, have Hart opt out and just sign him to a declining contract. So his number is going down moving forward. You front load the contract. They don't just have to use the mid-level, by the way. They have the biannual. They could sign somebody for the biannual. Um, and then you try to maybe get better with a trade. Um, I just think that would be a little bit more prudent than using up your biggest resource on someone who's like somewhat redundant. Like if you think that Grimes is going to make a leap and if you think that RJ is going to at least remain the same and that quickly is going to continue to get better. Like, and you're re-signing hard. It's just like, where, where are the minutes coming from? Like, I just envision a world where it's like Grimes gets off to a slow start in the season. And now all of a sudden, Quentin Grimes is buried and you're playing Dante DiVincenzo. It's like, that's not your, it's not, that doesn't seem like the best road for you. I don't think the upside of DiVincenzo getting more minutes over Grimes is worth the lack of flexibility that you get from using the MLA. So while I like DiVincenzo as a player, and I think he was really good for the Warriors last year, and I think he's definitely worth that salary, I don't think it's worth all of the the cap craziness and the inflexibility that it could bring, uh, nor do I think it's worth it for the Knicks to potentially end up blocking one of their guys. But I don't know. I mean, maybe the reason that we're hearing the DiVincenzo noise is because a quickly move is on the way. Or a Grimes move is on the way or something. And maybe that ends up happening around July 1st. And then we see him come in. And if that's the case, my opinion could very well completely flip. But assuming stuff stays about as is, or if it's like Obi is the guy out, I'm just not, 
I don't think it's like a terrible move or a backbreaking move. It just like seems to me a little a little unnecessary. I like get a little superfluous is the best way to put it. <laughs>